LDB, 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 LDB. Favorite podcast once again. Uh, I am your host, Chris Schutzer. I'm joined by all of my co-hosts. We haven't had that in a while. Sean Korean is here. Sean, how are you doing? Good, Chris. Good to be back. It's Happy New Year, I guess. It's good to have you back. Yeah, it's been a little while. Been a minute, as they say. We also have our uh, co-commissioner, Mr. Matthew Starr. Matt, how you holding up? Yeah, doing all right. Good to good to see everybody for the first time in a while. Indeed. Um, and of course, we also have the man, the myth, and the legend, Mr. Michael Becker. How are you doing? Doing great. Hello, everybody. And actually, uh, we are joined by by the league's newest member, Mr. Timothy Schwartz. Tim, do you do you like Timothy or Tim? Does it which one? Uh, Tim's get? better. Yeah, Tim's, Tim's good. Every, right. Yeah. Well, Tim, how you holding up? Uh, doing great. Trying to keep up with you all. This is a lot to learn all at once, but I clearly am not sitting still while I'm learning. I'm just going to learn on the fly and. Happy to be here. <clears throat> I'll admit that in my preparation for this, I was Googling like the, the world's most famous traders in history, but I thought that that joke was going to fall uh, flat. So <laughs> I decided against, you know, naming some random uh, stock trader. Uh, but, you know, maybe to get better, to get to know you better, it would be best to hand the reins off to Mr. Michael Becker, who knows you best. Um, so Becker, why don't you help us through navigating uh, who is Tim Schwartz? Of course, I'd, I'd be happy to. Uh, I, I think you, you all have heard enough that um, you know, Tim and I were law school classmates. I, I greatly admire Tim, uh, but I, I just wanna ask him a few direct questions. The first of which is, do you know what you've gotten into, Tim? Uh, I, I think I do, yeah, but um, I'm in good company. This is, I'm more concerned about feeding the addiction myself and how deep I'm gonna fall, so um, I'm, I, I think I have. So uh, I, before I ask you about who you are and, and your family so that the, the rest of the folks know, um, every, everyone should know that Tim and I are in a law school league, a 10-team Yahoo league that we started, what, eight, nine years ago. Uh, but is that your only league? And what uh, itch does this particular league uh, potentially satisfy, you think? Because I know you're a great player, and I know uh, you've been kind of eager to get deep into fantasy baseball, and this seems like a, a good avenue for you. Yeah, um, that is my only league. Uh, I enjoy it a lot. It's a great time sink. I think um, I, I've almost felt like because it's a 10-team league, I've gone too deep on analysis for like a 10-team essentially redraft every year. We sort of have keepers, but there's always like a debate about how that's going to go. And um, so I, I've, I've always sort of thirsted for a little bit more, but con been concerned about what's going to happen when I go um, too much deeper. So we'll see if I made the right decision, but um, it seems like I'm, I'm in a good place if I wanted more. So <laughs> there's pl plenty of space to use all that extra knowledge. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I should say, uh, Tim, I just got a text from your wife. Oh God. Uh, Kat, Kathleen, who says she's listening live. <laughs> so she is um, uh, increasing our, our lady listenership by 100%, <laughs> I believe. Uh, so what's up, Kathleen? Anyway, tell us, tell us about you as a person, uh, where you grew up, 
what your deal is and um, anything you'd like to uh, share with everybody else. Ah, geez, that's a lot of different questions. I'll try to see if I can spin that as interesting as possible. I'm, I'm from Western New York. Maybe the most controversial baseball thing for the league is that I grew up a Mets fan um, and I abandoned them as soon as I moved to DC um, in 2010, I guess was the year that I came down. So the, the logic of that was uh, my father was from Long Island. I inherited the Mets and the Jets from him, which I think is child abuse because those are difficult teams to, to have to follow um, together. I wish I could have had like mixed it up and been Giants and, and Mets or, um, you know, heaven forbid Yankees and Jets, but that's not the way it works up there. So, um, but I'm from Western New York. So to justify my move a little bit, um, I, I always say I'm closer to New York City now as the crow flies than, um, than where I was when I grew up. We just, you know, don't really have a major league baseball team that's too close. So um, I thought this was my first time to be able to go to baseball games regularly and jumped on the Nats at a good time. And I've had a great ride for the last decade or so. So, um, so that's kind of the baseball background. Um, professionally, I'm an attorney like many other people in the group. Um, personally, happily married to my wonderful wife that I'm glad is definitely not an earshot. Um, <laughs> I, I got a new uh, first child. He's 15 months old now, keeping me on my toes all the time. That's another reason why this arguably was not the best decision in the world to join this league, but um, I need something to do for myself that'll be fun, and it seems like this is a good outlet. <laughs> And you all live now in Northeast DC, is that right? Yeah, we're back in, in Northeast DC after we had a renovation that lasted for six months. And I, I moved three different times in that six months with my young son. It was, it was crazy, but we're, we're home now and just happy to be back. <clears throat> so I know you are an engineer by trade, uh, later an attorney. I'd, I want to know from you kind of what those types of backgrounds do to um, kind of assist in your fantasy baseball style. And maybe just the question is, you know, what, what is your fantasy baseball style and what have you learned over the course of playing in the last 10 years or so? Baker, before, before, Tim, before you answer that question, I just like to interrupt and interject that there is one other engineer lawyer in this league and that's Matt Brophy. So if this is, if this is uh... the things to come, we have a problem. Well, I, I I told you guys, there's no problem there. A, a, a rising tide lifts all boats. That's what I've said for long. So Tim, you can answer the question now. Uh, I guess I probably don't need to say the lawyer part because there's so many lawyers here. But I, you know, just in short, with the lawyer part, we all I think are trained to process information quickly. I think that's probably the essence of of the job. But the the engineering side is and you don't get to do this with the math as much even I'm a patent attorney so I I do a little bit but but not much um I do like math a lot I like spreadsheeting like this is a nice um outlet for me but basically the style is um I love looking for value I I love coming up with um a way to view players that's or you know stats that the players collect that um hopefully as advantageous for the scoring categories that we have in a particular league and then try to find a way to, you know, get those players for less and get as many of the guys that I like that produce those stats as, as I can and get rid of the guys that I don't. So that's part of 
what the trading has been um, about in the last couple of days, weeks, and such. <clears throat> that might be the most GM answer I've ever. <laughs> like, He's like Brian we, Cashman over here. If, if we literally just picked him up and put him on a podium, and we were like, "Okay, this is the new GM of the of the Chicago Cubs," everyone would have been like, "Yeah, that that sounds right." Like, get rid of the players that don't fit. <laughs> I, I didn't even warn him to be as vague as possible. He just kind of intuited that. So, I mean, it's a terrific answer. It's well, that is I something say. that I will, I'll confess this just sort of personally, that there's a, there's a battle within when you have these conversations with people in your league, which is, I would love to tell you, of course, you know, everything about what I, I like to do. And I feel like the only people that would actually want to hear it are, are in the league, but then you want to reserve um, a little bit so that you can, um, you know, have your own, your own thing that you do and, yeah. um, keep, keep something to yourself. So it, it, it is a hard tension. I'll, I'll definitely, I like to let it out during trades a little bit. Honestly, I, I try to sort of show people what I'm looking for. I, I'm, I'm never trying to hide the ball when we do that. I'm, I'm pretty straightforward about, you know, this is, this is what I'm trying to do. This is why, um, I think it'll help you if you do, let's do it. If not, we move on. Well, that's what I think is, is interesting about this league. And I hope that you find interesting is that there are 16 different owners and each has kind of a different style. Uh, some are no, more kind of numbers based than others. Uh, for instance, I just go by my gut. I don't even use spreadsheets. I just think who might um, do well from one season to the next. But no, there, there, there are definitely managers who, um, who approach it similar. And I don't think we ever ask anybody to necessarily reveal strategies here. So you've, you've towed the right line. Uh, I am always curious though, about like kind of the, the greatest influences and in, in strategy. So uh, I, I've known for a long time that you're someone who really gets into the weeds and it's something I've admired. I also know that I can't possibly keep up with the, the type of um, in-depth nature that you have and um so i'm i'm just kind of very excited to uh have another league with you and probably look up to you in the standings no i'm, I'm thrilled to be here thank you for inviting me i also wanted to take a second to to thank jeff i, I said this um personally to him in, in the email and, and you all said it really nice on the last uh podcast but it is clear to me that he, he put me in a in a fantastic position and the the moves that i'm making are anything but an indictment on on the team that he he built there's there's a lot of talent there that um you know is, is clearly valuable to be able to get um you know devers at all you had to have a good good farm system to be able to use and um and then on top of that to still have so many draft picks left over um after a move like that i'm i'm in really good shape and i appreciate the work that he did is this is this that is this the time where i take the reins back over then go for it I mean, honestly, I think actually, Tim, you provided us a pretty amazing segue, and maybe we can give you an airtime break um, by letting this be about the trade that you just made today uh, and bringing Sean in, um, because I, I think we definitely are going to turn back to you, and you've made so many moves, actually, uh, for somebody who just took over a team. It's very impressive. Um, I admire the way you've jumped in with both feet, but Sean, let's let's give you a, a tiny bit of airtime. Um, your team has been competitive for God knows how many years in a row. Uh, why now? Why did we, why did we trade Devers? Tell us a little bit about the, the logic in, in, in going the other way here. 
Hey, yeah, thanks, Chris. Um, yeah, it, it's a tough one. Uh, you know, we talked about this over the last season. I I like to try to compete every year. It was not comfortable for me to to make this move. You know, Matt and others have been talking about the difficult situation that my team would be facing this year, you know, even if I were trying to compete with Devers. And I feel like with two solid homegrowns, my, my instinct is that you can you can go far with a good auction and good in-season in management. But I just felt like losing story, Lizardo just not being clearly um, that, that pitcher that I wanted him to be. I probably promoted him a year or two early. Just felt like it wasn't quite there for me. And, um, you know, I think as I, as I mentioned to a bunch of people, I said this over email, my family is moving actually to, to the Boston area later this summer. And I just don't think I'm gonna have quite as much energy to like really be in every, every daily transaction as I normally have. So it's probably not a bad season to, to kind of rebuild. So that was, that was sort of the, the context for it. But, um, yeah, I really struggled with this one and, uh, you know, Tim, Tim really came to the table with a, you know, really great offer, um. I was talking with Becker, I was talking with Ian, Matt and I checked in, Paul, a bunch of people were interested and uh, it was fun just talking with folks and, um, you know, I wasn't sure I was going to do it. Um, and uh, no, I'm, I'm really excited about the package I got back. Um, definitely going to dream on these prospects for a while. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's sad to see a, a homegrown like Rafi go. He's uh, he's an incredible player and I think, I think there's another level. So I, I hope Tim gets it this year. That would be impressive because the player he already is is pretty outstanding. If there's an if there's in fact another level, then Tim got himself quite a steal there. Yeah. So yeah, I, go ahead. Go ahead, John. No, I mean Devers has had struggles with the fastball at certain points in his career. So I don't know. I mean, I think maybe that's all it is. But uh, but no, I, I think you're right. It's probably hard to imagine he gets much better than he is. Sean, just before we turn back to Tim, I I'm curious to get a sense from you. Did how strong the division is. Because as I look at it, I know what Star's chart is going to tell us about, you know, future value going into the draft. But it, to me, it seems like California Winter is the strongest division in our league right now. I, I'll take that stand. I think it is. Um, between Paul, Brophy, and, and now Tim's team, did that have anything to do with the choice? I'm just curious. You know, I I don't... <laughs> I, with Brophy in your in your division, and and this is nothing against now Tim or previously Peterson or of course Paul, who are all really good owners. But with Brophy in my division the entire time of LDB existence, like I, I've never felt like it's going to be an easy year. But I think you're right. It's definitely it's definitely getting harder. I, I would say when Tim came to me, the extent that I could time shift, so Tim gets more value now and less later, and I can kind of punt like that. That that definitely appealed to me. So yeah, I would say. Given given the the balance in the division and just being able to trade for once with a, a division opponent where it kind of matches up in different times um, time horizons, I, yeah, it did it definitely was intangible there. All right, so Tim, I know you gave us like a pretty good answer on uh, what you're trying to do theoretically. You know, don't reveal your secret sauce. We all know that there's cayenne in it, but that's cool. Um, if you can just uh, tell us a little bit more about like the last couple of weeks and, and, and what you're trying to do right now. Are you done? Where is this going? Sure. Um, I guess the big thing I noticed when I looked at the team initially was Bobachet, he's up. You know, we've, we've got some interesting young players that are um, that are already up. And then there's some interesting guys on the farm that I wasn't 
confident they were necessarily going to be major contributors at the same time that, you know, I have Bo Bichette. And so the thought was, I think Sean put it well, it's, it's time shifting. I, I wanted to pass off that value to another person and, and, you know, consolidate it into a great player endeavors and then, you know, take a shot on, on Lazardo cheap and see if he can um, put something together um, on the same time scale. And then I should still have, good amount of money when this is done and then just just build around that and and see where it can go as far as am i done yet i think it, i always enjoy even if it's just like incremental if i can find a trading partner where it works for both of us and i think i can give something that's going to help them a little bit and i can get something that's going to help my team a little bit i'll i'll keep going all season um but uh and i, I have a couple of different other things that i'm thinking of but but yeah i, I want to take a couple shots um these next couple of years while Devers and, and Bichette are, are together and um, playing at a high level on, on the good contract and see where it goes and learn the league that way. Um, a, another point I guess I'll bring up as a new guy is I'm more confident in my ability to look at established major leaguers than I am um, minor leaguers or to even understand the the value of them at, at this point. Um, and so that kind of fit well too, where I'm looking at things that I know how to look at. Um, and I can, I can take a shot at this time with major leaguers that are more known quantities and, and figure out the other stuff, um, on the fly. I, I have a feeling in a couple of years from now, it's going to be, um, you know, I'll be in a different position and I'll, I'll have to be relying on young guys and accumulating them, but, um, this will hopefully give me some time to figure that all out. I really would hope that for most of us that this was not our first league because I'm actually reflecting on on what you talked about with with Becker uh, and to me um, I think actually the biggest gap is is the 10 to 16 team it's not actually the the style of the league it's just the depth because you're gonna hit May one and you're gonna be like the best player on the wire is who <laughs> like Tony Kemp <laughs> uh, and that's the part of this league that that burns um i mean becker i mean you you're you're the newest in the league other than tim here like would you would you agree with that or, or do you think that the the rules like the 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 craziness that makes ldb with its owners like what was the hardest adjustment for you well probably the torrent of emails that i got about uh music and fashion and everything else uh i'm no 10 to 16 teams is, is pretty sharp um the the rules though just all the rules and the valuation the league that tim and i are in uh is just a it, we're now in auction so that's somewhat similar but it's it's a it's a redraft every year there are no keepers so you know the values are the values and with 10 teams you know that you'll pay whatever it is to get mike trout or ronald acuna and then you just figure it out in dollar days this is a, a much different beast um and it probably took me two and a half, three years to understand exactly uh, how to take my knowledge that I already knew and, and apply it to this. Uh, I know Tim's a, a much faster learner than I am. So, you know, what took me like three years has taken him three weeks. But um, yeah, it, it's it's a totally different game as far as I'm concerned. Tim, before we move on, because we, you know, we're not going to just torture you the whole time. Like we have other things planned for this episode. Um, and by the way, uh, your wife is going to like you much more now that you're doing this incredibly cool thing and being on a podcast about fancy baseballs. Trust me. Oh, I can, I can feel it already. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but before we turn off, I mean, you, you made a few trades. Uh, any other thoughts you want to share about like the other moves you've made? 
Try. I mean, it, it's it's tough because the last one was the the first couple were. I have been cognizant of the fact that we're we're going from my ten team base to a sixteen base, sixteen team base, and like you said, in in May there's going to be nobody out there. So, so my goal early on while I was figuring things out is let's accumulate the talent that I like without making anything that's you know really going to screw up this team or really change the the future trajectory until. Um, you know, until I don't, until there's something that, that was really interesting. I, I thought that Devers was, was that thing. So I guess now we've gone from, I've sort of crossed the, the Rubicon and, um, I, we're, we're sacrificing the, the future for now. And so I'm, I'm going to sort of stick with that theme. And if there's opportunities to, you know, continue to, to trade a little bit of future value, not recklessly, but, um, but knowing that this is the time that I'm trying to, um, to make a move. That's, that's the sort of deals I'm going to be looking for in the future. Cool, man. Um, well, thanks for opening. I, I endorse, I endorse this strategy. It just, <laughs> as someone who trades away all of my picks and prospects all of the time. Yeah. But weren't you the one who went out and, and traded into this year's draft uh, with Tim? Wasn't that your I, stuff? I did, but it was just a pick from, from next year. I mean, it's just a pick plus cash for, you know, a pick this year, just because, I wanted more picks. I only had one pick in this draft and, you know, it's fun to make picks. <laughs> I have no other justification there. Yeah. I'm sure like we'll spend a lot of time talking about double A draft, like as, as the next few weeks go on, but this draft is loaded. Like we really are seeing the difference um, after a mystery of baseball, I think here for the first time in a while. So um, that's, that's kind of exciting too. Um, gentlemen, any, any other thoughts on this before we turn to our next segment? I think, our plan is to interview Star a little bit more on on what he's put out, more content, um, just on uh, the future value charts. Um, I guess I should say emails; they're not really charts. Um, so, last call. I, I have charts, but I, I don't send them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sort of glad that you don't. Um, start, um, Chris. You know, I was I was just going to offer to to Tim that he doesn't if he doesn't know this <clears throat> uh, becker told us that he, he thought about quitting the league about halfway into the first auction that he attended over lunch so i think you're already like you're already miles ahead of of him in terms of just diving in and seeming to enjoy it already so yeah you know, well welcome again and yeah you're, you're gonna do great. well here's the difference i was criticized for my first trade and and tim seems to have been praised so all, all is good We'll see how it plays out. But I, I want to say one um, nice thing about Michael in terms of how much he appreciates this league. I did notice in our drafts after, you know, he had put a couple of, of LDB drafts in that he'd be sitting there and he'd be like, God, there's just too much talent out there. This is ridiculous. Like he just would sort of tune out. He'd be like, this doesn't matter. Like this is just, this is ridiculous. And he just would say it over and over again each time there's a pick. He's like, he went for what? Like this is, this is unreal. So he's definitely enjoying it. So then as he be cleaning up, is Becker at least winning the other league? Did you win this year? You, no, you were... I, I got third. I, yeah, but I got, he was in a commanding first, position for – Yeah. He, he was in a commanding position for, for most of the season. So, um, yeah, he's still I, – I think – I'm hoping that this is actually going to help us with the other league because we'll, it will. we'll know the depth. It will. You'll get, you'll get guys on the dollar in that league that are going for 20 here. And you'll know who you'll know weeks in advance who to pick up on the wire. All right. All right. You heard it here first. 
Um, all right, so start. Why don't you take a couple minutes and just tell us a little bit about the process here? I I, I know from previous years before I hand you the reins, it's not a, a completely perfect picture. Um, it is a flawed process because it doesn't take into account the amount of dollars that we're taking into auction. Um, but this is just your glimpse of where we're starting from, yeah? Yeah, I mean, I, I have a version that does take into account dollars uh, as well. But like, I just haven't didn't send that out. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I basically, I can, I mean, it's very easy, a very easy input into <laughs> the whole the whole thing. But yeah, I mean, it's it's not a perfect process. I think it's it doesn't, you know, especially at this point, you know, rosters aren't built. Um, you know, projections are what they are. I try to do my best. I think you know, trying to use something like ATC, which is kind it's sort of a projection system aggregator uh and sort of not in the way it functions but it gives you kind of gives you kind of the least biased he kind of picks ariel cohen kind of picks and chooses different pieces of other projection systems so it kind of was also then the most accurate of all the projection systems as a result of all of that um so i try to use that and just kind of map out a picture of kind of at this point going into the auction generally where these things stand. It was when I did this a few years ago and kind of saw where my team lined up compared to the rest of the league that I decided to sell uh, off several of my players because I was like, I think I'm fucked <laughs> looking at this, look, evaluating teams this way. And so I've been doing it kind of every year, just, you know, for my own knowledge and also just kind of a fun thing to send out to the league. I'll say, you know, I think projections are, you know, they, they, they give you a picture. They don't, they don't give you the full picture. Um, they don't properly, you know, they don't, obviously they don't, they're not good at IDing breakout candidates. Uh, they tend to be very, pretty conservative on younger players. I think on pitchers in general, it, it can struggle, especially, you know, as pitchers change their repertoire, repertoires and whatnot, like, you know, a pitcher's 2019 stats may be totally irrelevant to who the pitcher is today, but still being factored to that projection. So there's, you know, there's flaws, I think particularly on the pitching side of things, but I think it kind of gives you a nice picture of what we have going on and kind of like where teams stands. If I use the same projection system for everyone, everyone kind of gets, you know, dinged the same way is kind of the theory. So, you know, comparing everyone to everyone to using the same projection system, you kind of get a good picture of what things look like. And you came away thinking that Union was the stronger half, yeah? I did. And, and, I, and I would say... Uh, I, I would take issue. I, I now now I will say um, uh, I forget the name of their division off the top of my head. Um, California Winter. California Winter. I think California Winter looks very very tough, uh, especially now with what Tim has done. I would say uh, I think in in terms of total surplus, uh, total value surplus, I actually think uh, All American Girls is number one uh, because no offense to Sean, but we actually have four teams that are competing and. I think including three of the top six. All right. Um, well, maybe it would be good if we can just talk about what you put out there. Um, since again, you were so generous to do it and spent all that time. Um, so Sean and, and Becker, um, I'm going to start with the two of you on, on these questions, but uh, Becker, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll go to you first. Is there a team that you think that this miscalculated on in either positive or negative? I'm just sort of curious to get your take. No, I think it's it's an imperfect system because it doesn't account for auction. And so, you know, 
I, I think Star would acknowledge that no nobody should feel as if this that this is their lot in life, right? If you're sixth in the standings, doesn't necessarily mean you'll be sixth. You can really vault with a good option or auction, excuse me. Um, but no, I, 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 I'd say to Becker's credit, I think you came out something like twelfth or something when I did this a year ago, and he had like the auction of his life and <laughs> finished second in the league. So I mean, this is not this is not determinative of your future at all. Not only that, I mean, even in the preseason rankings after auction, I think I was 13th or 14th. So um, <laughs> uh, it do doesn't mean you can't you can't improve in those standings. But no, it, it's it's a great marker. It's a snapshot in time, and I think he it, I think it's it calculates it correctly. I mean, uh, Dubner's team, Stars team, Nate's team, my team, just in Union alone, I, I think are are trending strong, but. I also like the box. Uh, and then I, I clearly like what Tim has done uh, to get in contention in federal. So no, there's, I, I have no, no complaints about what, uh, what these numbers show. Tim, you might be new to the league, but let me catch you up on something that I already know that you know about Michael, which is that he will play the matador by just basically complimenting everybody without actually saying much about it. So <laughs> Um, so basically, according to Becker, all the teams in Union are great, and they should not be afraid of him. This is this is a usual. <laughs> I'm not trying to start any bulletin board material. John, not, my, not my style. I'm turning to you, buddy. Uh, anybody you think that this has missed? I'm curious. I haven't. I haven't studied it that closely. I mean, I think to me, every team is competitive, except maybe Ray and myself. Um, I guess I would just point out that last year we thought Jorvi's squad was like by far the best preseason projected projected team that, that we could remember. And, you know, while he was competitive, it just didn't work out that way. So some of that was injuries for sure. But, um, but these things are tough. Um, no, but no, I think star always does a really good job of putting all this together. And like, it's, it's, you know, both quantitatively with the model that he's got now from ATC, but also qualitatively. So no, I mean, I think, the league, there's not really any easy teams out there. I mean, if <clears throat> if Mark were to to try to compete this year, I think we all know that he very well could. Um, so that I guess that's the third team that's maybe a little bit of a mystery. It doesn't seem like Mark's going to put the chips in this year, um, but, but maybe he's also bowing out. But of course, in the past, he's done that and still contended for a wild card spot. So, yeah, I, I think I think last year you mentioned Jorvi was number one. I think Jorvi and Josh were one two by a pretty wide margin, and it and Nate was also in the top three or four, and it just did not pan out that way. For you know, <laughs> Nate missed the playoffs. Jorvi and Josh kind of snuck in, and I think both lost in the first round. It was not really you know it didn't it it did not correctly identify in you know February of last year who was going to be the best best team at the end of the season. I think my team was also higher ranked than I had been in a long time. And that was the first time in a while I had made the playoffs. So who knows? But no, I, I mean, it's, it's the best we can do right now. There's one other thing about this uh, exercise star that I'm sort of curious if you take into account at all. And I actually might disprove it as I ask the question. Um, but I'm wondering if Brophy has more risk than the rest of us because Otani is doubling in his value in hitting and pitching. So it, like a significant injury to Otani like his value's just got to be baked in based on the way you're looking at it, but it would really hurt him more than any other loss of a player would. You see what I'm saying? 
Yeah, I, I think in terms of like, um, it wouldn't be like the biggest hit just because he has a lot of other stuff. Actually, like me losing Corbin Burns would actually be maybe more devastating than Brophy losing Otani because Brophy's got more around him than I have around Burns. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that that's, I'm just doing it on a pure numbers basis. So I don't really consider like how much losing one single player could impact a team. But if I, even if I took Otani off of Brophy's team, let me just do a quick, I mean, he would still be ahead of you, Chris. Yeah. No, I, I don't doubt that. I don't doubt it. Um, all right. Uh, Tim, I know you're, you're newer at this. Like you want to comment on any of the teams as you, as you've been, shopping around here that you think it's miscalculating on in any way? No, I, I certainly wouldn't, uh, definitely don't feel like I'm at the point where I can comment on um, how well any of the the teams are going to do. But I will say just as far as like personalities go, it, it is kind of interesting to, um, you know, different people have reached out to me via email to say hi. And, and it's kind of cool to get to know people based on what strategy they're employing. Um, they talked to Mark a couple of times and, um, I, we have a mutual friend and that I sort of saw, oh, he's clearly in a rebuild right now. He's got a ton of draft picks and then, and he completely owns the draft like that. You just kind of get to know people by, by what they're doing in, in the league. It's, it's kind of a cool, cool thing about this league. <clears throat> Mark for the record is in a perpetual rebuild as far as we're all, we all can tell. I mean, it seems like it. <clears throat> I don't know when Kyle Tucker is going to be ready. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Tim, one one of the best things. He's a top league. twenty bat already. You know, can he get can he get even higher? He needs a little bit more time. Uh, just a just a plug. I, I would. I hope we're in a position where we can all get together for um, the draft. And generally, there's a uh, a barbecue outside after after the draft on draft night, so we can all get to know each other. I remember uh, my first time drafting in 2018, which is the year that I almost walked away, uh, at the lunch break. And afterward I, I got to the barbecue and I was talking to Chris, I think. And Chris was talking to me about like, Oh, my window to Pete is like this year and next year. And I, I really, did. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I, the concept of windows had never even dawned on me until, uh, hearing that. And I still don't necessarily, believe in them but um it, it is a good time to to match the teams with the people um but yeah everyone's you'll you'll get to know everybody and it's a good group so i'm excited for you to get to know everyone thank you very much dr segway you've done a tremendous job um linking us to uh, the last thing that we really wanted to talk about today which was this concept of windows i i, I will just jump in and say i really do believe in windows clearly because i'm the one who said that <laughs> Um, but no, I, I think you, you have to time it. Like I, I appreciate how Sean is always in it. This is the first time in, in my time in the league that I've ever seen Sean do what he did, which is to trade away value before he knew what the team was going to do for the year. But clearly like it's such a leg up for the teams that are coming in with tremendous value that, you know, how big of a long shot you are. Um, and I think you have to time it a little bit. Um, but I think actually, as I'm, as I'm looking around this 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 cast uh, at the screen, I think I may have picked the perfect crew to actually disagree with me on this because, like Star, you're you're perpetually pushing in, right? Yeah, though, I, though I, I, you know, I, you you put that on the the schedule for discussion topics. I think, I mean, yes, but I kind of try to plan for like, you know, 
two years at a time, like is really, I, I'm always trying to look at like this season and like a season ahead. And, you know, at some point, you know, and, and hoping and kind of working on the fly to always work on that next season to always get another year. But at some point that can just not work out for me. Like a couple of years ago where I was, I just felt like, you know, I, I tried and I tried and eventually that stopped working and my window was, had pretty much closed. And so I, you know, I think even if I, I just try to keep my window open an extra year at all times, but I think there's windows are, are real and it can certainly close on you pretty easily and sometimes unexpectedly. Well, I think one thing that like I did notice about the way that you ran um, your projection system is that it, it kind of ignores the windows. Like I'll, I'll point out a team that's clearly in my eyes a little more all in right now. I, it Like Nate's team, it, it, it's not all the way all in, but he's going to lose Wheeler at the end of this year. Um, he like, he's got a, a frame that I think works going into an auction where he can really be flexible and you can see the teams. I think my team is kind of like that too. Like next year, I don't have judge. Um, I don't have Winker. Um, like also like while the cost of the contracts aren't designed to be prohibitive, like the S4 is so much bigger than an S1. Um, so you can see like going into auction when somebody's like time is kind of waning. Um, I, I think that actually mine is, is starting to be there though. I do have prospects in the wings. Um, so like Sean, like you look slightly distracted. So I'm, instead I'm going to turn, um, or, or and, and I, can you, go, I can go. Yeah, no, I mean like, do you, do you think about windows at all or no? Yeah. I mean, I, I do. I, 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 as we discussed, I try to keep it going as long as I can, or I've tried to, you know, star early on, like, or and for a long time, you said never sell. And that was his motto. And I, I sort of picked that up from him and, and, uh, tried to live by it as well. Um, I think, Again, for me, it's like, can you get a couple of solid pieces and and then kind of do the rest at auction and maybe a little bit of in-season management? Um, and, you know, for me, like this year, as an example, if, if Luzardo had done better last year, I might have felt a little bit more like I could keep the window alive. But, um, yeah, I think it's also just getting so competitive. Plus, Mark's entrance into the league has really, I think, um, pushed people more to – to be creative about the preseason fire sale. And that also, I think, encourages people to think in terms of their windows more because if other people are doing this, you sort of have to react to that strategy. The other one I'll point yeah. out, no, go ahead, go ahead, Star. Oh, I, I would say, I, I just I just ran, I just tried, I, I couldn't do this comprehensively because I'm out of time here, but I just tried to get a sense of like, okay, just looking, and this doesn't take into account farm system. So, you know, this, this, is, this is not a perfect exercise here, but. You know, in terms of who is looking at like losing the most of their surplus value among the top teams, you and Nate are w the top two by a pretty wide margin. Actually, you guys are both at like above fifty percent of your current like projected value. Losing are going to be gone next year. Yeah. So I mean, I think I had it right. Yeah. Um, and, and, and yeah, I mean, I, it helps that when you have a Torkelson in the wings, like, but right. like I have not managed to do what, what Brophy did, which is what I was setting out to do in my last rebuild. So, um, but I, I, I hear you. Um, and that, and that does pose a question. Like, are you, are you quicker to pull the parachute or do you push all the way all in making a potential rebuild a little harder? Like it's, it's tricky to know. Like if I traded 
a judge or, or a winker right now, like I could probably get more. Um, whereas like, I don't want to do that. So, um, all right. I, I mean, that, that's a tough thing to do when you're like, you know, and, and I actually think you, you, you mentioned, you know, which teams I think are under projected. I actually think your team is the one that I think ATC would, I would disagree the most with on ATC. You know, I think it's tough to blow up a team a year early when you actually have a chance of competing. And I think in terms of where you came on, came out by ATC projections versus my opinion is I think your pitching staff, I think much more of your pitching staff than ATC does, which does not see a whole lot of like extra value there. Um, and that's a place where I think it's not really reflecting the true quality of your team for that reason. Well, I appreciate that. And I, I tend to agree with you, but I also think that I remember us talking at least twice now about how pitching feels really unpredictable about who's going to get hurt. I don't know how Jack Flaherty got the narrative before last year that he was like somehow more uh, injury proof than anyone else. And then, you know, sure enough, he had the season last year that, that ruined the team. But I, I will say like, you know, like Roto proves it more than anything. So like there, there's a lot of risk that ATC just basically comes up with an algorithm and says, you're going to play three quarters of a season, which we all know it's, it's usually not that like some players it's like that, but usually it's more of a binary with the ones that are going to hurt us most. So um, anyway, uh, any other thoughts on this? No, I mean, you, you already mentioned this, but like Brophy just has an infinite window and we all marvel at it. And um, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, I think I think last year was one of the worst projected teams he ever had coming into the season. And of course, you know, he goes out and wins after being projected to finish like, you know, sixth or something. Uh, he wasn't at the top. And now he's back at the top again. Yeah, last year was a funky year, though, like. The Roto just, it totally shifted from beginning to end. Like the teams that were on the top at the beginning were not at the end. And so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I, I'm throwing a curveball here. I just want to ask because like it seems like the news is more negative on MLB in the last 48 to 72 hours here. Like if people are reacting. Um, anyone changing their tune about the lockout? No. The thing I... Becker, I was just going to say, the thing I find, I still find the most confusing is the le level of activity before the lockout in terms of signings. Because to me, if if you're the players going into this, you know, digging in your heels, I just don't know why all those guys signed. It, so I'm just still kind of confused trying to to square that with what does seem to be like an, an um, them them digging in. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's still some time, but it, it does seem more and more likely that we're going to lose some games to start the season. I still think it's all part of the dance. So the digging now is part of the process that gets them to play. I think everyone who signed early just wanted that certainty. Uh, everyone knows that there will be a season. I don't think any of the players at this moment think there won't be a season. So it's just a matter of, do you want to be certain uh, who you're playing for, or do you want to scramble with maybe a week before a kind of makeshift spring training? Um, so no, I, I, I see no difference. I'm, I was a little concerned. It's very clear that the, the players um, are pursuing kind of a social media push. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. That, that may be a good thing, but it, it was a, it, it was a clear talking point that, um, we are going to take to social media this week and be more vocal in our displeasure than we have been. 
that may be effective. It may not be effective, but uh, from where I sit, whenever you start talking kind of publicly as opposed to just privately, uh, it's not good for business. So um, yeah, that, that was a little disappointing, but I, I still don't see really any change from what I thought would be the case, which is maybe a couple of weeks of spring training delayed, maybe two weeks of season delayed, and then everyone plays baseball. Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way. I feel like, it, I mean, it's it's tough to know what is actually happening and what is just, you know, theater uh, in terms of what's coming out there publicly. You know, there was, there was going to be disagreement. I didn't expect there to be an agreement at this point in time. You know, I didn't expect there to be an agreement by the start of spring training. You know, I think if this goes on for another four weeks, I would be concerned. You know, if we get into March and there's still no agreement, then, you know, then I start to worry a little bit because I kind of thought March 1st was about the time that we'd be looking at some sort of deal. I think if it gets into March, we're looking at maybe losing games. Um, and that's where it gets concerning, I think. March 1. Okay. So we still have we still have three or four weeks before we have to hit the panic button, according to you. I appreciate that. Um, all right. So we're going to start our wrapping up process. We try to limit this to, you know, an hour or less. Um, the gurgling noise you're hearing in the background is my dishwasher. I apologize. Uh, and um, before we do that, uh, we skipped over something very important in the in the intro sec uh, section. And, and that is that, Tim, Tim, you promised to tell us something embarrassing about Mr. Michael Becker. Do you have anything for us? Yeah, I, Michael doesn't embarrass himself much. He's He's got a, um, and this this feels like not smart given how kind he was to, to bring me in. But the, the only thing that I was saying that before this that my law school friends and I bring up all the time is that there's a strip club in DC called the Cloak Room. And apparently Michael started a fire there. Was that, that the story that got no, the girls out? No, or I'll no, let you... no, no. We're going to need more time to actually uh, to, to discuss this. I didn't start a fire. I've never been there for all the listeners out there. Never been there. Um, there was a fire. I came upon the fire. Uh, the, the tenants of that building were leaving the building because of the fire. And I was just commiserating of the fact that there was a fire and want to make sure everyone was safe and okay and had a good, warm, comfortable place to, to live and stay. So. I think the image of you comforting them is, has brought <laughs> chuckles ever since. <laughs> That's it. Otherwise I'm, I'm clean. I'm clean, man. You got nothing on me. I got security clearances to pass. <laughs> did we, did we do it? Did we just get the explicit tab on the, on the podcast? <laughs> I don't think we did. No, no, there's nothing. He, he got nothing. He was, that was a reach. That was a reach. Nobody's listening at Spotify. <laughs> uh, I, apparently we have a new listener named Kathleen and she's given it uh, five stars. So uh, wonderful. <laughs> Thanks Kathleen. If you're listening. No, I'm just joking. All right. Like uh, I said, increasing our lady uh, listenership by 100%. That implies we had one. <laughs> sure I feel right. like one of your wives was listening at some point. I mean, Maybe. Georgia is definitely making fun of me for it, but I don't think she's listening. Uh, so, oh, Kathleen's great at making fun of Tim and others. So uh, the other thing she's great at is napping, and I'm I'm confident that 
not because of us that that happens routinely, but I, I think we're we're good to go now. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go to closing thoughts. We're now three weeks away from the uh, the double A draft. Uh, I think closer to seven weeks from our auction. Um, any closing thoughts? I'll start with you, Sean. Um, no, no, I, I need to, to read up on my, uh, double a drafts, uh, uh, prospects. I, I haven't done any research. I know Chris, you, you were giving me some heads up on who you thought was at the top of the draft, but no, I look forward to, to slicing and dicing that, um, before, before the draft. Um, no, I, like you said, I saw what, like almost everyone in the top, there's, there's like 50 guys that are in cl- close to the top 50 of the, of the BA list. It seems like almost everyone is available. So yeah it should be really exciting i i don't really know how much to to trust some of these players that are still sort of developmentally a little off from the the last few seasons but uh but yeah always always fun to prep and uh and see all the trades day of so should be exciting how about you becker so i've traded out of the draft entirely and I'd, I'd like to get back in if the price is right, but I, because I've got like a list of 40 sleepers who I'm just waiting to pull the trigger on uh, and I, and I can't do it, but um, no, I, I'm, I always like the double a draft. I'm excited for it. I, I really think that Sears is going to be a good one. Um, it's going to be really, really, really competitive. I'm excited. So I really need a season. I really, really, really need a season. And, and I'm confident that there will be, but um, yeah, just excited to have Tim in the league. Good to have him on. Good to see his face and see you all, all you guys. And um, yeah, looking forward to it. Stark? Yeah, I'm, exci- I'm just excited that things are ramping up, that we're kind of, you know, officially into the LDB offseason, you know, in, in, it, in, it, in a real way. You know, I said that always takes until the new year for that to happen. I think things are moving maybe even, I think we've had more transactions this early than we've had in quite some time and i think thank you tim for for helping facilitate <laughs> that situation i feel like usually it's kind of closer to the double a draft and we really see the things start to move and i think we've seen some of those moves kind of happen a little bit earlier this year but yeah I and mean, i think this double a draft is is going to be fun i think you know that, that we're not going to delay that regardless of where the the negotiations are i think you know we'll talk about moving the keeper deadline and and auction back if if things happen beyond that but yeah i mean i think it's gonna it's it's a deep draft i think because we had the shorter draft last year because we have more pop-up guys because of the last year i think yeah like you said there's, we have more there's more guys available in like the top 50 and top 100 lists than we've had in quite some time um i think particularly notably at the top like there's usually only like a, you know maybe 10 to 12 guys in the top 50 at most. I think we've got like, you know, 20 some or something like that, depending on which list you're using. So that's, that's pretty impressive and a little bit different than past years. It always gets like a quick casual mention. I feel like once a year that you and Ian have the power to invoke a fourth round, as long as you name it like a year early. Right. If, are you thinking about doing that for next year? Yeah. You know, honestly, like if I had really thought about it, I, I probably should have done it for this year. And if I'd really considered kind of what, where things were going to be, I think we, there's 20, there would have been plenty of depth to do a fourth round this year. And we were talking about all the various permutations. And I think we kind of talked about, do we do a draft? We, we were, we were either going to do a, a draft last year or do a four round draft this year. 
And we didn't really consider the possibility of both. And I think had I really considered it, I maybe would have added a fourth round for this year. So we'll kind of see where things are at the end of this year. But this would be the first time that I would have, I, I will have considered doing it in quite some time just because of, you know, we're not going to get as deep into the prospect list this year as we normally do. There will be more out there than probably we've ever had at the end of a double A draft since we've gone to 16 teams. I vaguely recall Mark was offering money for the theoretical fourth round picks, but I may be making <laughs> that up. Did that happen? <laughs> there, there, he was definitely like offering, I forget what the situation was. He was definitely offering to to trade for things for assets that may or may not have actually existed that definitely happened yeah yeah it was, it, it was uncomfortable it was like my decision to like decide whether or not these things are going to exist i believe what it was was he said that he would not invade westeros as long as you took your firstborn male child <laughs> and left it in the cold winter for him to turn into another white walker i, th I think that was what the deal was but I, maybe I'm wrong. I, 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 I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Um, I Don't spoil it. Sorry? I still haven't seen it. Don't spoil it. It's too late. It's spoiled. And, and at this point, if you, if you, if you are going to get mad at people on the Game of Thrones spoilers, you're, you're on an island. My friend. On that note, Chris, I may have heard from Mark right after him and I traded. So he may have already been looking for, for that child. So from the wind. <laughs> Yeah, Louis Patino is my most recent child that is currently with very bright blue eyes. So, um, Tim, any final thoughts from you, my friend? No, Keep just thank part, you guys. Yeah. I'm I'm really excited to be here. Excited for this for this draft. Are you going to do a separate? I assume there'll be a separate pod to hype up the draft when we get a little closer. That's a good question, Star. What do you think? There should be. Yeah, it, it's tough. It's tough to talk about it in too much detail before. I, I think we're definitely going to do one after. Uh, maybe we'll do one before too. I kind of like the idea of dissecting after like round by round, you know, and we, and we sort of did that, I think last year, I, I'm trying to remember how far we went into it. Cause it was, it would have been in a retrospect kind of way. The pod that we've have launched did not exist quite then, but in an old Ian uh, episode, I remember that was the first time I went on. Um, we did talk quite a bit about the, 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 the draft. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've been on record as saying this. I think it's the best part of LDB. Um, so enjoy it, Tim. It's a good good moment to get to know names if you haven't yet. Uh, and I guarantee you that of the picks, you'll be surprised at least five times. You'll be like, who the hell is that? And that's, that is the most fun part is when you have to go look up a name that you didn't even write down. Um, yeah. so. There's always some guy that I've never heard of. I'm just like, I, I think like when you took Torkelson, I had no, I, that's rare. I don't want to like toot my own horn here, but it's rare for someone to pick someone that I don't know. And I was just like, who the fuck is that guy? I, I am still mad though, because I had um, two of the final three decks that year, Bobby Witt and Torkelson. And I traded fucking Bobby Witt, man. Um, anyway. Yeah, I, yeah, I traded Bobby Witt. And you did too. Yeah, we, you and I will we'll live with that one together. Um, all right, listeners, thank you for, for tuning in again. Um, we're at our one hour mark, so we're going to tune out. Uh, I should have asked you guys, but I will just give you warning. I am asking Ryan to join us as soon as possible. I feel like it's a good time to do that because he just finished his, his rule stuff. Um, he's going to put out the... Um, the uh, survey results and uh, and we haven't had Ryan on yet. It's he's he's well overdue. Yeah, so, I was gonna say I think he's one of the few who hasn't been on like any iteration of the podcast. 
Well, he, he hasn't written me back yet, but I'm hopeful that he'll join us um, and we can make that happen. So, Ryan, you heard it. We're trying to get you on, buddy. Um, all right, guys. Thanks very much. See you guys. Good night. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Baseball.